Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Highmark Church Podcast. Our heartbeat is to help people find and follow Jesus. So we pray this message encourages you, strengthens you, and helps you pursue the purpose Jesus has for you. Uh, we're kicking off a new series called Relationship Goals. Jamie and I have been married for uh, about 18 years, and I remember all the stages of our relationship. Like, you know, I remember the first time that she saw me and started chasing me. Um, <laughs> Okay, it didn't really work like that. If you know, like it worked the other way. I saw her, but I started pursuing her. And I was real cool. I played it real cool. She didn't even know, like, I had an interest in her necessarily at first. She was like, oh, this is just a nice guy. Like, yes, I am a nice guy, but uh, we're going to do this life together. You don't even know it yet. So that was my plan. And so uh, I remember getting engaged. I remember telling my parents about uh, about this this girl that I, was, I met at college. And they knew it was serious because I bought her, like, a piece of jewelry. And they're like, whoa, this is like never happened before. Like, look out. And uh, we got married actually 18 months after we first met. Can you believe that? And here we are 18 years later and uh, just love life, pursuing uh, everything that God has for us. I remember being first-time parents. I remember all the first fights. I remember all the, the aspects that we are still going through. And we get first time we had a high schooler, and now we now we get, we're living in the teenage life with both of our kids, and it's it's exciting. But uh, I'm a, I'm excited about next week as well with this series because uh, Jamie and I are actually going to team teach next week. So don't miss next week relationship goals week two. You're going to hear from both of us up here and uh, she's probably going to tell stuff about me that I don't want her to tell and I'm going to tell stuff about her that she definitely won't want me to tell. But we're going to do it together and we're going to have some fun and laugh. So make sure you're here next week. And I learned uh, pretty early in marriage. I think one, you got to learn a lot in marriage and in a relationship. And one of the things I've really locked in that first year of marriage and I learned very quickly uh, is that uh, when we had an argument or when we had a fight, that there was always a root cause. There was always a cause to that fight and that argument. And I really quickly, quickly picked up on this, that the cause of all of our fights and all of our arguments was real simple. It was me. Okay, it was me. It was everything I said. It was the way I did things. It was the way I acted. It was me, right? Has everybody ever been there? You felt like, man, I'm just trying to work on this relationship, trying to have it. And I say that jokingly, but uh, every time you go through life and in a relationship, you're going to hit speed bumps or or roadblocks, things you have to work through. And I remember that as uh, as we kind of kicked off marriage and started in marriage, that we always had that, and we all need kind of some relationship relationship goals in our life. So I like naming this series relationship goals because you'll see people post online. They'll post a picture of like their grandma and grandpa and they're at a lake sitting on a bench with their arm around, you know, one another. And you're like, that's goals. You might be a young married and you're like, that's a relationship goal right there. Like you just have gone through all life, you're still in love. You might have the more real like type of post or see people post things that you're like, this is, this is more of like a real life. You're like, hey, just like living Friday night, wild Friday night, you're eating Kentucky Fried Chicken in bed watching Dateline, you know, and that's like the real like marriage post and real relationship posts. It's like, yeah, this is like relationship goals. Like here it is. We're just comfortable. We're just doing it. And that, that can be Uh, part of life as well. And so I feel like when we see that stuff or we kind of live in the context of our culture, though, we can start to see 
and we start to make up a framework for relationships that we just learn from other people, from posts, from uh, uh, the way people operate. And I think that's a dangerous place to be in. It's a dangerous place because if we are shaping our relationship and we're recreating our relationship based on everyone else, I fear that we're making great moments, but we're failing to create strong marriages. And so we have to be careful. We have to be careful. We end up basing our relationship on the wrong things, uh, the wrong thinking, unrealistic uh, thoughts or expectations, standards that uh, were set maybe by other people. And what happens is when we do that, and the reason that that is a problem is that we then are giving up ownership of those decisions and those choices, and we're trading away what God's design and what God's best is for our life for what we think or what maybe even what other people think around us are the best things. And we should have relationship goals, but they just need to be goals that are shaped by God's standard in our life. So this series, we're gonna unpack all that. We're gonna look at that. Like, what are those standards? Why did, why did God design life so that we could have a relationship with the opposite sex, with someone else that we could partner up even in life, that we could have the relationship goal of like, hey, I, I hope to meet that perfect someone. And if you haven't met that perfect someone, like I'm believing in faith, they're, they're right out in front of you. They're coming along the line, but just stay faithful and keep your uh, eyes fixed on, on what God has for you. Because you know why? Everyone needs relationship goals. Everyone needs God's principles in their life for relationships. It's, it doesn't matter if you're single, you're, you're not in a relationship, never been in a relationship, or simply it's complicated. But you can get these truths. You can apply them. We're going to look at those in these series. You see, God created us. God created us. So a lot of times people get nervous. They're like, ooh, church, you're talking about relationships. You know, we're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about intimacy and sex. And, and you get nervous a little bit. You're like, ooh, can we talk about that? But man, if you open up God's word and you read the Bible, you realize that it was God that designed it. It was him that created it. And we have to come back to square one to understand then how we can apply it and live that out in our life. So listen, we were created by God. Man uh, was created by God. And in Genesis chapter two, it talks about that. It talks about man was created by God uh, and that God uh, took man and created and miraculously took the dust of the earth and formed man. And it says, the Bible says that he breathed life into man. What a miraculous thing to just picture and think about all the, the parts of your body that God just miraculously formed our bodies and, and created man in the garden uh, just from a moment and from speaking it and, and forming it and breathing into us and that we are made in the image of God. So cool uh, that we see that. And, uh, but God created man, and he, in chapter 2, if we kind of follow the story, he created man. But in verse 18, it says that God uh, realized that it was not good for man to be alone. Are any guys with me in this place right here? Come on, there should be some loud, like, grumbling amens right there. It is not good to be alone. Like, so uh, God realized that. He saw that, and he created 
woman, okay? Let's look at the start of this relationship. This is the scripture I want to focus in on today because I think this is, gets us back to square one and helps us understand how God designed it from the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 2 and verses 21 and 22, it says this, So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made the woman from the rib, made different from man, get it? You know, there was a different process behind this. And this is a little side note. I think it's interesting that when we see here in Scripture that the, that man and, and woman are created that, uh, and God brings a relationship and he's establishing a relationship right here in this Scripture that man was actually never involved in the defining of that relationship. Man was never involved in defining that. Uh, he fell asleep and God created, God saw it. And so that's just, a, the, as we kind of read that, it just st stood out to me that uh, man was not even involved. Adam was not even involved. But then it says that the Lord God, he made woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. And at last, the man exclaimed. Again, we should hear a bunch of grumbling amens from deep voices in this place. Like, you know, amen. I feel like at last, I feel like all of us guys should wake up every morning and we should just be like, yes, at last. Like, thank you. Like, maybe you meet that perfect someone, that perfect woman. You're like, at last, here she is. And so God brought them together. And then we see it continue on. He says this. This one, Adam says this, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh, and she will be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one, it says. Now the man and the wife were both naked, uh, but they felt no shame, right there, like scripture just went PG-13, all right there on us, right there, Ooh, maybe R, okay, so, but, you know, but here we see it right there, that they, they were in the garden, they were, God created them, they were naked, they just felt no shame, and I'm reminded of this, that God sovereignly brought man and woman together, now that's a big word, sovereignly, but it means that God was in control, that he knew what was best, that he saw what was needed in Adam's life, and in man's life, and he created uh, woman for man. He kind of had the vision and he saw it. And it reminded me that we kind of have to remember that God knows what we need. He does. He knows. God isn't just sitting, uh, sitting back and just uh, uh, kind of surveying the world and he doesn't know where you're at. God is personal. God knows exactly where you're at. Over and over in scripture, we see that God talks about that he knows us, that he knows the numbers of hairs on our head, which I can't even count. Maybe there's a few of you in this place. I can count the number of your hairs, but uh, most of us, you can't even, that's unfathomable to know, but that's how God knows us. And, and that God sees that Adam right here was alone and it wasn't good. And so God didn't leave Adam hanging in that moment. He saw that he wasn't good and he brought the solution. The thing though is I think too many times we think that we bring the solution in, the, in that relationship or we're gonna solve it or we're gonna fall, we're gonna follow and we're gonna chase after, maybe it's the wrong relationship. We're gonna force a relationship to work because we just need to get married or we're at a certain age and we think it's, it's time. Um, but sometimes we go around God's plan in our life and we make decisions even for what's easiest or what other people think 
or really kind of, we just think, okay, this is the next thing to do without really consulting and understanding that God has the plan. Like he has the solution in your life. Now, so if you're single in this place or you're dating, maybe you're even a teenager in this place or you gotta realize God has a plan for you and he has someone that uh, he has lined up in your life. He's gonna cross paths with someone and you're gonna be like, boom, that, that is the woman for me. That is the man for me. And you're going to know if you consult God, he, you're going to realize that he has lined that person up for you. You don't have to force it. You don't have to uh, go into the wrong relationship and, and feel insecure. The, the things that are, that are, that are kind of may, might feel yucky in a relationship. Yeah, you're going to have trials and struggles, but uh, God will set things up in your relationship. He'll bring you together. So we can't lose sight of that, that God didn't leave Adam hanging. He's not going to leave any of us hanging when it comes to relationship. He knows that we, uh, he designed us and he has put this desire inside of us to have a relationship. But it's not just relationships. We have to trust God in every part of our life, that he's the provider. God is described in the Old Testament as a provider in our life. So then we look at God and we say, okay, I'm going to trust him because I know his nature, he wants the best for me, and that he also is a provider in my life. And that goes with relationships as well. So if we understand that God designs it, he set it up, and he has the solution for our relationships, we can remember right here, this is what we got to remember, that our patience is met with provision from God. It's our patience in that season or in those times that we gotta just sit back sometimes or we gotta hold back and be like, I'm not gonna force it, I'm not gonna make it happen or I just need to wait and I need to be uh, realize that this is a season maybe God's preparing me, but that when I'm patient, that God then is gonna provide along the way. Now, he did this, Jesus did this in the New Testament. You see, there's a miracle in the New Testament where Jesus fed 5,000 people. You, they're, on the, they're out on the wilderness and in the countryside and crowds and crowds had gathered to hear Jesus teach. And they're out in the wilderness and it's getting late and everyone's getting hungry and they're no like, okay, it's dinner time, it's coming. How many people got someone in their family that like everything they do is centers around when we're gonna eat and what the next meal is? Come on, is there someone out there? The disciples were like that in that moment. What they did is they realized that, hey, it's getting late, uh, Jesus Uh, Here's what we need to do. And the disciples realize that they have thousands of people listening to Jesus teach, but it's coming time to eat and it's getting close. And how are we gonna feed these people? And they come to Jesus and, and they say, Jesus, we need to, hey, let's wrap it up. Come on, like 30 minute sermon. Let's wrap it up and end this because lunch is coming or dinner is coming. We gonna send, we need to send these people off in order for them to be fed. They can go to the nearby towns and get food and everything. You know, and so they needed to kind of think about this because it wasn't like Chick-fil-A was right around the corner. They needed to kind of release people to go find food and go to places and, and, and uh, meet people in the city before it, it, it packed up and closed up for the night. And so Jesus is like, hey, I hear what you're saying, but he says, like, I got a better plan. And he brings a miracle in that moment because he tells them, disciples, hey, go find out if anybody has some food. So they go find out. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that just a couple fish and five loaves of bread and in the, a sea of 5,000 plus people that just a little bit of food was found. And it says that Jesus brought it together. They blessed it. He prayed over it. 
And then he said, distribute it to everyone. And he had everyone sit down and they started feeding everyone. And miraculously, it fed every person in the place. Let me tell you, God has that type of miracle in your life if you're just patient. If you just look at him as your provider, that he is gonna give you that. He's gonna multiply blessings in your life. But sometimes he just needs you to be patient and trust him. Sometimes he doesn't need you to kind of figure out what the solution is. He needs you to sit back and say, I'm trusting. God. I want to live it by God's plan. And I don't want to settle with the solution, my own solution, and miss out on the miracle that God has for me. That's what he calls us to do. It's kind of quiet in here. I may be stepping on some toes. I don't know. But in verse 24, we see in the scripture that God is bringing man and woman together. And it actually describes, it describes the marriage relationship right there. That a man will leave his father and mother, and then he will be joined together with the woman, that they will be formed, that that's describing the marriage covenant right there. They'll be united, and it has, it has a lot of meaning. There's meaning because it's a physical connection, it's an emotional connection, and it's, it's a sexual connection right there, and that there's a connection between all of it that God describes, and it's spiritual as well right there. And the temptation, I think, and, is that we kind of go off of God's plan. We kind of figure out what the solution is. And the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, he actually talks about, and he says that because of the temptation of sexual immorality in our life, each man should have his own wife uh, and each woman her own husband. So he's actually describing that when we have a relationship or a sexual relationship outside of marriage, that he actually uses very strong terminology to say that it's immoral, that it's not what God's plan, it's not his desire. And he describes it like that. And God's not trying to say that it's not a good thing, but he's just saying that there's a, there's a boundary or there's a plan in place of how that, that is supposed to be. So he's created a marriage relationship to give us a place where that is then the expression of sexual relationship as well, because he created that. He created man and woman. So there's desires and temptations that we all have, and no one's above that. So we have to be careful in every situation that we put ourselves in. We have to put good boundaries and God boundaries in your life. You see, God intended the husband and wife just to be in that relationship, them to satisfy each other's sexual desires. Not boyfriends and girlfriends, not just like, hey, I like you, and even not other substitutes like pornography and things like that. These are real issues in our society, in our culture, that are having major effects on our psychological, mental, and emotional makeups and who we are bringing into a relationship. So if I make decisions and choices in my life around my relationships, I have to say, I wanna live by God's plan and I wanna be patient in that. And I don't wanna live just the standard that I think or what feels right, but I wanna kind of search God's heart. I wanna know what his word says and I wanna live that type of standard out in my life because I see over and over as I read and discover God's word and as you do it as well, you'll see that God continues to bless you as the more that you lean into him and the plan that he has in your life. Let me say this. Don't let past decisions dictate your future, though. This is where grace comes in. Some of you, you may be sitting here today, and you're like, ooh, man, I've made some wrong decisions in my life. I've already forced some things in my relationship. I've also 
I've obviously crossed some boundaries. And let me tell you, today that is done. Today you can make a decision to say, okay, that's in the past and that's over. And I want to step into everything that God has for me. And you make a declaration. You draw a line in the sand and say, hey, I can't change that, but I can change what's ahead. That's what God does in our life. That's the grace that he extends to us in our life. So that, that's what Jesus does is he steps in, in that moment and says, okay, I'm going to help you do this. This isn't on your own power. This isn't in your own struggle. But instead, I'm going to help you all along the way. I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit to help you. I'm going to, you, I'm going to give you the, the uh, st still small voice to speak the, the powerful plan that I have for your life. And you can just start fresh right there. I think we have to remember that God has that plan for our life, that we can just step into that. We can hold on to that. We can start fresh. Today's a new day. But listen, what I also see is that God gives us one another to make life better. To make life better. You know how I know that? I look at scripture. God didn't give us a relationship to stress us out, to create drama in our life, to be the old ball and chain, so to speak to hold us back, to make us feel insecure. No, God gave us the relationships to make life better. How do I know? Because I was reading that scripture and it says that man and woman were naked and felt unashamed. <laughs> Come on, somebody right there. You're like, can the pastor say that? Like, I'm not gonna look at him the same ever again. But like right there, it says they were, they were uh, unashamed. You see, but the relationship between man and woman isn't meant to be competitive. It's not meant to be competitive. The, God brought you together to be collaborative, to be partners, to, to be in this together. So a relationship that's built on God and is built on his principles doesn't feel uh, uh, competitive. It's not just two people coming in and saying, hey, I'm just trying to figure out how I can get my way, how I can manipulate this person, how I can figure out them to... to uh, serve me best. No, when you bring, you come into the marriage relationship, you, you kind of focus then on saying, I'm not, I want to be, I'm not here to be self-serving. I want to serve the other person. And that's where we see the, this great ex experience of marriage and a relationship really take off is that their heart is like, I'm not competitive. You know why? Because if you bring that competitive and you're always trying to make the other person more like you want, you're always trying to train them up and, and fix this and do this, you're trying to make that happen, what's going to happen is you're going to quickly realize that you're going to have a lot of unmet expectations in your relationship. You know what? I have unmet expectations in my relationship. I remember early days of our relationship, and, and Jamie and I were, were just like a few months married. And I remember one fight, we just got in a fight, and I don't, I don't really even know what it was over. But I do know that, because we, we've talked about it over and over, is that we got to a point in the, relation, uh, in the conversation as we were solving the problem that we just realized that we both wanted our own way. We both wanted our own thing to happen, and we wanted uh, one person to, to act the way that we wanted the other person. You know, that's how it was. We were just vying for each other to uh, act the way that we wanted them to do, and really, when we talked about it, it came down to the expectations that we had put on the other person. And the reality is you're going to have unmet expectations if you go into a marriage relationship like that, if you go into a dating relationship like that, that you're just saying, I'm just going to try to see what I can get out of this, not what I can put into it. 
and you're going to have unmet expectations. So we got to remember this when it comes to relationships, that our commitment is met with goodness from God. It's met with goodness from God. So when we're committed to someone, that there's a goodness then that comes in that relationship. That means it takes work. That means it takes us focusing and working on the relationship, working through things. But our commitment is met with God's goodness. And I always come back to the scripture. I've shared it before. But John 10.10 says that the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. That there's an enemy that wants to break up our relationships. It wants to destroy our relationships. But Jesus and God says my purpose is to give a, a rich and satisfying life. And I believe that's the same thing in marriage, that God gives us the relationships. It's not always smooth sailing. It's not without trial. Find anybody that's married, been married for a while. They'll tell you, yeah, there's bumps along the way, but you work through it. You, you, you process through it. You make each other better. And that's the blessing that follows the marriage covenant, that God will bless your marriage. You're both committed to working through it. And God brought you together. And you don't have to build patterns in your life that are just going to push you apart. I think that's what happens a lot of times, that there's a pattern of not solving things real practically in terms of our relationships, and we actually put things at odds that God never meant to be at odds. Like, there's always a conflict and a friction in the relationship. I'm going to ask J.D. and Bella, our, uh, J.D.'s our worship leader and Bella's our hospitality director, I'm going to ask them to join me on stage because I figured, hey, what better way to figure this out than to take a newlywed couple, they've been married a little bit over a year, and have them just solve this on stage with us. So uh, listen, in marriage and in life, there's always going to be problems that we need God's grace, right? We need, we need his help, and we need uh, we got to solve this problem together, and I'm just going to move a couple things. But this balloon represents the problems in our relationship. But you know what? When an argument comes, you need some good firepower, right, in life. And so, oh, here we go, J.D. I'm going to hook you. No, this Bella needs a bigger gun. So I feel like she probably has some stuff to work through. Okay, here you go. Here you go. There's your gun. Okay, here's some protective eyewear. I don't want anybody losing an eye at church. That would be a bad sermon illustration, okay? So let me set this up. The reality is we have problems in a relationship. And the natural and pattern that we can always lean into in our life is that we're on opposite sides of the problem. We're competing to solve the problem. And so I'm just gonna like have them fire at the gun because here's what's happening is they're like, they're, they're focused on the problem, but Bella might have one solution, JD has another solution, and their friction is in the middle. So they're just trying to, they get in an argument, they're trying to solve the problem, and I'm gonna just count down three, two, one, and they're gonna try to shoot the balloon, and um, we'll just see what happens. And they're trying to solve that problem right here, because here it is, it's just floating in the middle of them, and it's, it's creating a problem, and so three, two, one, they're gonna just try to solve that problem. And you see what they did right there? Oh. Yeah, come on. That is. Here's what, here's what I want to illustrate to you. What happens right there is two things. 
that the problem was hit from both sides. They're trying to attack the problem, but they're coming at it from different sides. And what you saw was that this balloon, the problem went this way and that way and this way because it just kind of stays there. And I think what happens a lot of times is we try to solve that relationship right there and it's going from side to side. The problem just ends up bouncing back and forth in our relationship. And it just never really goes away or gets further, but it just kind of stays in the middle. And it might fall off the table every so often. It might, it might fall away and, and kind of go under our, our sight and not be there right at the beginning. But the reality is that later on in our relationship, it's going to come out again. And again, you're going to be shooting there. But I realize that we, we're, you're committed. What's happening right here is they're committed to each finding their own solution. But we have to change our thinking and we have to let God change us and put us on the same side and say, we've identified the problem because the problem sometimes might be underlying. It may not even be what we see at first, but then we're going to attack the problem. And God is the one that shifts us from one side to the other. It's not self-help. This isn't about us just being better in our life and hey, let's work together and be together on things. No, we need the grace of God to bring us on our perspective from one side to shoulder to shoulder and say, you know what? We're gonna attack this problem together. And I want you guys to just attack, unleash right there and attack that problem right there. What happens, and we got a dart fly in the front row right there. You better never, you better come prepared at Highmark Church. You might get hit. But you see what happened? That problem starts to get further away from them. They put distance now between the problem and them. It's not just volleying back and forth and staying in the middle, but you know what? That problem, as they work together, they solve it. They move past it, and it pushes away in the relationship, and God is the one that does that. It's God in our marriages and in our relationships, and when he's at the center, then what happens is you realize that he's bringing your alignment together because you're focused on what God wants. You're focused on what God wants in your relationship and he's brought you now and he's closed this gap and suddenly you're saying, yeah, I still see things one way. I still want things to happen one way or this way or that way, but I realize that God is, is brought us together and we're in this to solve this problem together because this bond is more important than anything. And that's how God's designed our relationship. Give them a hand. Come on. Thank you guys. I'm really glad they could work through a couple marital problems right there. That's the design that God has for us in our relationships. He's wanting us to close that gap. He's wanting us from shift from opposite sides. And I think it's natural. It's natural. It's every one of us. It's me. It's you. It's natural for all of us to feel like I'm going to contend and I'm going to fight for my, my, my viewpoint, my way that I think it should happen. But we need the grace of God to change our hearts. And I couldn't imagine being married and going through life without realizing that God had partnered Jamie and I together and he had brought us together to attack the problems and it's only by his grace that we've been married the years that we've been married. It's only by his grace that he's helped us tackle things together. And yeah, there's times, if I'm honest, there's times we're on, on this side of the table. But you know what? If you let God work in your heart, he brings you back together and you can tackle that problem together. That's why we need the grace of God. Because he brings us together. We need some togetherness in our relationship. This is the bottom line I have for you today. 
that together creates forever. You can put that on a bumper sticker, t-shirt, hashtag, whatever. Together creates forever. And when you're together, then you're not vying, you're not, there's not friendly fire happening, you're hitting the other person. No, you're solving the problem together. And that's where you see the longevity come in your relationship. And that's where you see God help you grow past certain things in your relationship, move problems further away from. And I, we have to let God do that in us. We have to let God set a new standard in our life. We have to introduce God into our relationships. You might need to be like, hey, we need to maybe do a devotional together. Maybe do a devotional on marriage. Maybe we should pray together. Maybe we need, but we need to introduce God into our relationship. We need to set a new standard of purity in our relationship. We can't do all of that on our own. We need God. Thanks for tuning in today. We'd love to have you join us on Sundays at Highmark. Go online to highmark.church to get all the details and plan your visit. Remember, God has a high calling for your life, so keep pursuing your purpose.